You are listening to an iFanboy special edition podcast, Suicide Squad. You don't own me. I'm not just one of your many toys. You don't own me. Don't say I can't go with other boys. And don't tell me what to do. Welcome to another edition of iFanboy Special Edition, talking about the movie Suicide Squad. I'm Ron Richards, and I'm here with Mike Romo. Hi, Ron. How you doing, Mike? I'm great. Excellent. I'm hot. I'm You're... hot in my feet. Oh, I'm hot, too. Ooh, summer. Summer I'm in the hot. city. It's that's summer. for sure. Summer's, summer's, it's making me feel like a little bit of suicide. Uh, <laughs> so uh... That's the only... <laughs> Go ahead. Let's just do this. So uh, normally we were we were joined by our compatriot uh, compatriot yes. uh, Connor Kilpatrick. He is off on assignment, uh, which I which I was like partially upset because this is a DC movie and it's got a yeah. little bit of Batman. Uh, but I think he bit. I think he might have drawn the, the the correct straw in this game. Oh, he had the best straw ever. <laughs> it's, right. it's perfect. No, but no, but let's this this is an honor. I feel like. In a way, there's a poetic justice that it's just you and me talking about this film. A little bit, especially, consider, I, I especially like, considering our conversation earlier this year for the last DC film, Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, um, and, right. that you, and you and I were in very different places after that movie. Um, so uh, I have a feeling that we're going to be closer uh, together this time around. But before we get to that, uh, let's go over yeah. the let's go over the basics. All right, so this is yeah. uh, so this is Suicide Squad, uh, directed by David Ayer. Um, and written by David Ayer, also written by written by David Ayer. If you yeah, have, if yeah. you're not familiar with David Ayer, uh, he uh, was the right. He was one of the writers on Training Day, on the Fast and the Furious. Uh, a big, oh. yeah, big writer. A lot of writer credits. You know, Training Day, Fast and Furious, SWAT. End of Watch, Fury, like that mm. stuff. Um, but he uh, directed End of Watch. He directed Fury. He directed um, Street Kings, Sa- Sabotage, a bunch of movies. Uh, but relatively a newcomer to these big, you know, kind of tentpole movies, right? Um, well, Fast and the Furious. I well, mean, he was a writer on Fast and the Furious, but uh, yeah, yeah, but still, but yeah, he didn't direct. But this is so. Is this his first directing? No, no, no. This is like his seventh directing, but it's his first. Oh, really, okay. It's his first really big. You know, like everybody, all eyes on on him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, felt like a first film. Somehow. Yeah, Weird. yeah. So, th- and this is uh, this is the Suicide Squad uh, team, which is, uh, if we remember originally in the comics, Suicide Squad was um, brought to popularity in the '80s and '90s by John Ostrander, who wrote, who worked on it, um, and the idea of taking a bunch of villains and putting them together on a team uh, to do good, and if they go wrong, they they get killed, and hence the term Suicide yep. Squad. So there it is. Um, and it, this firmly fits in the world of Batman v Superman in the Snyder verse, um, clutched right there. Yes, yeah. right, in right there, in right. the yeah. Zack Snyder is an executive producer, I believe, along with Jeff Johns. So yeah, yeah. Uh, um, anyway, so uh, before we get into the whether we liked it or not, uh, we're gonna. If you haven't seen the movie, we're gonna talk about what happened. So there are gonna be spoilers abound. Uh, so be warned. Um, and I, I have a feeling we're gonna get saucy. So Mike, what did you think yeah. of Suicide Squad? Well, Ron, you know, I've thought a lot about this. Yeah. And Wait, how, how, long, how, about, how long did you think about it, Mike? You have to, you have to clarify how long. Well, the thing <laughs> is, I had a split-second judgment, okay. and then I took a deep breath, and I realized that maybe I was too, being too quick. And All I realized right. that maybe, you know, it's, it seemed to me that, that 
to judge this film, you can really go in in a couple of different venues. One is just like, hey, we watched, I watched a movie on Friday, I'm going to react to it. But then there's these other sort of, I think, kind of commercially existential sort of film business questions that I have to ask when I think about this movie. Sure. And I realized that when I saw this movie, um, you know, I used to watch a lot of Hong Kong gangster films and kung fu films in the 80s, where there were, that sort of rel- reveled in this kind of like really make heavy, heavy, dramatic sequences and then uh, undercut them with goofy humor and really sweeping kind of themes and really like the subtlety by way of freight train, bull in a china shop, that kind of thing. And so, and I thought, well, maybe in a way this is that kind of thing. Maybe this movie is, is less about my sensitivity and more for that kind of uh, point of view. And then I thought about, well, I heard it only took six weeks to write and maybe <laughs> we just got a little rushed. And, and so I've been kind of, I've been making excuses and um, I've, been, I've been feeling some angst. But, at, but the, at the end of the day, I think I just have to judge it and I'll, and I'll bring those other elements. I have never been so profoundly insulted by a film, <laughs> I think, in my life. And, and what, what's really incredible to me is that it's just, we all know that a superhero film begins with an origin story. Yep. So let's just do a bunch of them. And oh, uh, yeah. you know what? And uh, when I pick up this uh, pair of scissors, why not I give that a origin story yeah. too? So I've read re- people going, "Hey, th- what? Am- oh my God, the first act was so great!" And I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Yeah. It was like the first act. What? Well, just so we all know, is when we get introduced to these wonderful characters, and it's like Family Guy, you know, where the Family Guy says, "Hey, it's like, uh, you know." It could be worse. I could be, you know, making a. I could be a moose with a ketchup mustache, and it cuts to a moose putting a mustache on with ketchup, going, "Man, this mustache looks great, but smells funny." And that's like, like that little little thing, and we all laugh at that. That's how this movie felt, where it was constantly. And I just thought of that. Didn't that, that didn't it's, take six weeks? It right? just, it, yeah. It, I, I'm right there with you. I, it, this movie perplexed me on multiple levels. Because on, oh, on, on one because yeah. on one hand, so so we all heard about the and I and just so you know, like you, I went into this movie um, trying to have an open mind. I understand that I, I I understand that I flew a little bit off the handle with Batman v Superman back in March. I understand I, I, I get oh. that. Um, no, maybe I, that movie still is a pile of garbage, but. Um, hot garbage. But, hot garbage. <laughs> but going into this, I thought, okay, this is a little more lighthearted. The look and feel of the trailers ha- were giving a different kind of tone. It was right. definitely the artwork. I actually like the artwork with the posters and some of the collateral the around are gorgeous. it. Yeah, and so I'm, yeah. I'm thinking, okay, you know, he, the, here's an opportunity that maybe DC is going to go in a different direction. And oh, and yeah. and you know me, I like different directions. So I wanted to see that kind of that that I wanted to revel yeah. in it. So I thought I said, hey, you know. This might be really bad, but maybe we can have some fun with it. And maybe I, we can have some fun with it. Yeah. Exactly. And I ended up walking out of the movie being immensely disappointed because whatever fun I thought I could have was uh, kept from being had due to extremely lazy filmmaking. And, well, and, and, and that's what's so insulting about yes, it, Ron, exactly. Is that exactly. It did, yep. it every, and there was one review I saw that said every, well, all of the actors in Suicide 
uh, squad looked like they would rather be in prison. And I think the reason why we had this problem is apparently they had major reshoots. Yeah. Just even a couple of months well, ago. Well, I yeah. Well, well, who- well, that was yeah. You, you, that was the that was the rumor was that after the success of Deadpool in February, Warner Brothers was like, oh shit, exactly. go go back and make it funny, right? Was that what you heard? Or? That's right. That's yeah. right. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. And you can see that there was this even so this da- da- is it David Ayer. David Ayer. He, yeah. he he wrote the script apparently. You know, because in Hollywood, it, it everything moves at the speed of light. You really have no time to do anything. Everything is, let's go. It's not like that at all. Yeah. It's just, for me to hear, hear I, I hear this excuse that, oh, you know, he only had six weeks to write this script. And apparently, Ron, uh, he had to see a therapist because the movie was getting just so dark oh, while Jesus. it was filming. Oh, oh my God. His own story drove him to a therapist. No, he wasn't driven to a therapist because his movie was dark. It's because he was worried that this was going to be the last thing he would ever make in this town. Yeah. That's what the therapy is all about. And the problem is he – I think the intention was there. My friend uh, was going to see it with me. Uh, he said, I heard it's really dark. And there was this thing where you could see the glimmers that – you, like every scene, three quarters of the way through was this dark thing, and then this new piece of footage that undercut whatever was going to happen. Yeah. With some goofy clip that undercut all the seriousness. Because uh, it's like they wanted to have it both ways. They wanted to have this dark film with mad hijinks a la Marvel films. And so it couldn't find its balance because it was trying to do everything all at once and it just resulted in a that a mess yeah it, de- it definitely it definitely faltered where deadpool prevailed in that deadpool yes. got that balance of humor and darkness and fucked upness just right where Suicide Squad, I'm, I'm, I'm almost reminded, like, I, I want to think of, like, a, a voltmeter or something like that, where, yeah. where like, where it, it, it's just, like, if you, looked at the, if you looked at the recording of the needle, it would just go all the way to 10 and then back down to 1, and then all the way to 10 and back yeah. down to 1. And, and, yeah. and whether it was with hyper, with ultraviolence, or with attempts at humor, or with just, you know, a, a cat and a laser toy of a plot, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, like I just like ima- like uh, imagine a kitten on well, its back trying to figure out where the story is going because because I, because like and I was trying to explain it. I was talking about it earlier today, and I was like, yeah, well, so in the movie there is the main plot is you know as we know from for those of us who read comic books know that Amanda Waller works in the government. She gets the approval to put together Task Force X, which is a bunch yes. of you know super powered or you know enhanced people um, that are going to make this team that can go you know that can that can fight the metahuman war. You know the the question they posed in the beginning, which we saw in the trailer, was you know okay, super we just had this incident with Superman. What if the next Superman comes in and kills the president? What are we going to do? You know, and yep. so they're yep. trying to arm themselves for the metahuman war that's coming. And so, um, you know, so, and we get it. So that's the main A plot. And then what you then have is that, okay, we established that, but now we need to give them a problem. So let's have one of the worst villain or antagonist I've seen in a movie with this enchantress that is just oh so God. pointless and so. Like they just you know they talk about it talk about a MacGuffin or a Dos uh, Machina. This is where Connor would make fun of me because I can't say that say right. that word. But um, it was just like, well, we need something for them to fight against. So let's have this thing that is just going to happen, and it, it just it just seems so forced. And then all the while, the undercurrent is you had a Joker movie wanting to happen oh. that they just wouldn't let happen. 
Right. The Joker movie was like this weird commercial break in between things, but yes. it, it, it gets even, it's even more insidious than that. It's like, you know what I really need to see again is some sort of doomsday bad thing yep. happening with swirling uh, gas in the middle of the sky swirling, spiraling into the city. Swirling, you know what swirling I mean? cloud, unnamed, um, me- unnamed menace that we're not going to tell you what's going on, but just that it's going to, it's going to kill us all. And it's just like, come and, on. It's like, and, 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 and you've done a good job so far. Cause like as, as crazy as it sounds, that is actually the plot. Like yeah. you have the first hour where we're introduced to the many, many members of the suicide squad. Yep. And where you have these origin stories, and it's literally like this, uh, friendly listener. It's like, oh, and then there's this guy. He's really bad. And then it's a five-minute sort of music video set to, like, shop rock. Now, that that, that said, though, I actually – I didn't mind the origins in the beginning because – But it was was an onslaught. Well, yeah, it was an onslaught. But but here's the thing is that you have – it's a fairly big team. You've got a lot of characters to deal with. And I actually like whenever there's whenever there's an attempt at creativity with um, with uh, on screen graphics and things like that. Like I, I, I always use the example. Okay. Of, uh, I always use okay, the example. A- I always use the example of the Will Ferrell movie from 07, Stranger Than Fiction, that started off with the first mm-hmm. five minutes of him going through his day, and there are all these like um, infographics around him as he was going. That was really like you know Those innovative. Yeah, it was neat. So I was like, oh cool, okay, great. You know, give me these little kind of like you know, give me give me these graphics, these bios, but. Then they went and only did it for a handful of characters and not the rest of the team. Or, you know, so, so when, 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 the, when, the big, when the team comes together to fight the big bad, they just randomly introduce a dude who's like, oh, yeah, he's on the team too. And we didn't get the whole <laughs> intro to him. And so I'm like, oh, well, he's the red shirt. He's going to die. And sure and, enough, he and dies. He, and he, he dies in 45 seconds. Exactly. Absolutely exactly. right. And then, and then they, they go through and they, they do that for – so they do the bios for um, Deadshot, for Harley Quinn, for um, uh, Killer Croc, and who was the other dude? Um, uh, Diablo. And um, right. I'm missing one. Uh, oh, Captain Boomerang, right? right? Boomerang. Yeah, Digger right. Harkness. So they do that. And then right before they start moving to the second or third act, they introduce Katana, who, if you ask me, has a great costume with the Japanese flag mask or whatever, with yeah, l- with right. no introduction whatsoever. Like, oh, yeah, she's coming too. Like, what? Oh, uh, yeah. It was yeah, uh, and, mind-boggling. And, and you would argue... And- and and they would hint at oh and by the way she's got this really cool soul that uh, the yeah. sword that eats souls like yeah. arguably the coolest part of the story uh, absolutely and, ever of and, it. but it, and is but, she is she a villain is she a villain or is she in the army like why like, like what was her relationship like it just made no sense so well, she was she was a good good guy person and she was going to keep them in line because having a bomb in your neck isn't enough right um but so there's a couple of things and we'll we'll lead up to the plot but one of the things that that is really intense about this movie is that it's a lot of gunfire. A lot. Like there yeah. is a preposterous amount of gunfights in this to the point where I, it would seem like Deadpool did it and they were able to make it in a way that kind of satirized it. Yep. Here it became really, un, to me, maybe I'm sensitive, sort of uncomfortable in its ickiness and it's sort of, I, I hate to say glorification of it, yeah. but there was just nothing but rain and rain, rain and rain of bullets and all this sort of thing. But what was so crazy about it is that I don't know if this is, it, I guess this must have been part of the original six week script, but all of the people that they're fighting against are people who had died and been transformed into basically uh, zombie ninjas. Mindless right? ones, yeah, like, mi- mi- like mindless. Mindless. Yeah. Mindless. yeah. 
so it's it's, it's a lot like uh, when uh, back back in the day, Battle of the Planets, Gotcha Man, when they were doing all the killing, and in in Japanese, in the Japanese version, they were people, but in the American version, they were robots, so they yeah. could just kill as many as they wanted. It was that kind of thing here. So there was all this crazy violence. But, you know, it really didn't matter because they were just CG characters anyway. Right. And the thing in Deadpool, when there was violence, it was actually people dying. And so it made it stick a little bit more. And it made the – this was sort of like glorifying it, giving you all this violence but without any of the consequences whatsoever. So the dead shot aspect of it, his capabilities, Harley Quinn's sort of crazy violence capabilities, all of that – we're all kind of numbed out because at the end of the day, eh, it didn't really matter. They were yeah. just kind of mindless. And that, yeah, and, that, and zombies. And, yeah, and that, and that's like at one point, like towards the end of the movie, when they're they're walking through an area where the fight had already happened, and they're literally yeah. walking on expelled shells, ex- bullet shells. Yes. And I was just like, wow, that that made me. I'm like, wow, there's just there's a lot of gunfire in this. And and uh, yeah, I don't know. And so going back to the characters, though. Um, you know, with the Suicide Squad themselves, uh, you know, apparently yep, Will Ferrell, sorry. Will yep. Ferrell's character, uh, not Will Ferrell, Will Smith's character is was just. I was wondering if there's any relation to his character in Wild West, Wild Wild West, because he, because <laughs> when he was with his daughter, he dressed like it. Apparently, as far as I can tell, there was oh. no, there was no connection of Floyd Lawton as Deadshot from the comics to this movie. He, like, I was like, oh, that's just Will Smith being Will Smith. That's all it was. Right. And I've never seen a more miserable actor in my life um, to be a part of this. That's balanced with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, which is the, like, it's potentially the closest to the, I mean, honestly, if you ask me, the best thing in the movie. Like, it's the closest to a Robert Downey Jr. um, as Iron Man, like, owning a role in the DC universe yet. Like, this is like, I can't imagine anyone else playing Harley but Margot Robbie now. And I, I, I think that's, I think it's Robbie. But oh, it's Robbie. Okay, but sorry. I think I. But I was a double B. But the thing yeah. is, I think you're right. I'm not. I think it was a, a B. I think she was badly directed. I feel still felt like she felt restrained. I. The thing is, for me with Harley Quinn, and we'll get to the Joker later. Yeah. I need to feel uncomfortable, even though I'm elated, I'm excited, I'm laughing at her jokes. I need to be kind of scared of her a little bit. That's just me. And I never felt – I always felt very safe with her. I felt that she was playing for laughs, I, maybe because most of the stuff that we saw was from the reshoots. But I didn't feel a sinister vibe from her, and I know that's not necessarily her. I think she gave her the most – of herself to her performance, but I felt like she was dumbed down or muted down in the editing. Um, I thought her New York accent and or the Bronx, whatever she was trying it, to it do, ca- it came and went. It, it came and went. Yep. It, it it's the problem is I can't imagine a tougher um, direction. It's got to feel cartoony, but it's got to be grounded. It's yeah. got to be kind of over the top but it's got to live in this world and i feel like uh, she did the best that she could but there were times when it just didn't sound good at all that reminded me that it did yeah the the accent definitely did come and go um but that said i mean i thought i I thought she owned it for me i thought it was a nice touch absolutely i was never well i just was never just i was just never distracted i never thought well Margot is not having a good time doing this right I i thought she she went with abandoned. She handled some very intense scenes. I thought really well. Um, I, can we just? Is it, should we talk more about the other guys? I, I, I. 
I, this is a very schizophrenic film, and I feel like I'm schizophrenic when I'm talking about it because there's so many things that bothered me and made me scratch my head. This did feel t- – I, I will admit I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie. I'd like to. They just make it very hard to see digitally. Yeah. But um, it felt very much like we're going to make a Fast and Furious film for the superhero genre. We're going to get one of the writers, and this is going to be a slam dunk. Um, and for some reason, some of the characterizations, they just felt – there was a lot of stereotyping. I well, felt yeah, I mean, well, like. I, I, felt, I think you, you've got you've got to do you've got to, to do th- you've got to do that in those these kind of movies where there's got to it's got to be very mm-hmm. obvious and kind of hit you over the head. Um, I, I, yeah, and the, and the thing is that like and there, I, I don't understand. I don't know if you do. I don't know. I don't know if you do have to do that anymore. It's 2016. I think yeah. you can be a little bit more subtle. I don't think the Hispanic guy has to be a gangbanger 100%. And, like, and, 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 does, and does Will Smith have to call him S.A. every time? And like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's it insulting. Was, yeah. Yeah. It's insulting but, but and it's the, lazy. Yeah, but the thing is, but it's DC, it's DC Entertainment. I mean, that's the thing is that like, I feel well, that they're, they're, still, they're not even at the point where they're walking or running. They're still crawling. And they're still trying to figure out. Again, it goes back to that balance. And you know, and the thing is that like the balance between the government involvement. I thought uh, Rick Flag, who was the this the oh, super yeah. soldier who's yeah. going to lead them, was oh, was awful. Um, so bad, you know, so bad. Okay, but here's my thing. You say it's DC, and I gotta say this is. I, I feel like this is a, a kind of lame thing to say, but I feel like this DC film is literally a direct to China film. And here's what I mean, oh. because it's like you have you have. If you look at the pe- – this film is made to be subtitled. They're, the way – a lot of people don't speak that clearly, and so you can put whatever language you want in it. The way the story rolled out, the way it was super hyper, hyper dra- dramatized, and then with all the flashbacks, including the crazy flashback when Rick Flagg goes, oh, the Entranches, she disappeared. And as a movie girl, oh, that's cool. She just left. And then later on, yeah. let me tell you exactly how she disappeared. Right. Like that's and or, or when Will Smith is firing the gun and then his daughter is – uh, appears in front of him and saying, "Don't shoot, Daddy!" They're like, and obviously he's not really there. That's a very sort of like '80s Chinese kung fu movie or a gangster movie uh, trope. Um, it seemed like they just said, "This movie is going to kill in China. We're going to make it a Chinese action film from the '80s, and we'll dub it. It's going to be great." Wow, I, I, I mean, it's just, you, you thought about this seems, way, way more than I have. Well, it's, I used to love those movies. I was amazed there were not 60,000 doves flying yeah. while uh, Will Smith was firing his guns yeah. a la John Woo in Mission well, Impossible and, and 3. So, and so that, by the way, that was when he was standing on the, um, on the police car, that scene? There, 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 there was a, there yeah. was a, there, there was the hero moment. That was, this, that was the only scene where my theater broke out into applause. Oh, was that the hyper slow motion one? Yep, yep. Where, where like when when they were in that uh, on that street. And a, and, yep. So yep. another another Chinese trope. Yep. I mean, it's like and it's cool when John Woo does it. It looks awesome. Yep. Mission Impossible Three is another. It's a great example of that type of thing working really well. But that is twenty years ago. Yeah. And it's like so for me, it's like oh when I when I saw that, I'm like oh this movie isn't meant for. Western, this is certainly not meant for me. Yeah. Uh, it's like, this is the laziest piece of shit I've ever seen. Well, so, let's, so, let's, well, let's, let's, well, wait, talk about well, one last thing. Like, think about the look and feel of it. This is so 
obviously shot on one soundstage over a couple of months. Yeah. Like, yeah. it felt so... The lighting was bad. The, it just felt well, like everybody it's, showed it up suffered, it, suffered from the, it suffered from the same thing that made me not love Pacific Rim as much as everybody else, which is um, mm-hmm. don't, give me, don't give me action sequences at night and in the rain. Because that just shows me that you, that just shows me that you want to obfuscate what I'm seeing and make it hard for me to see any details, <laughs> right? That's what it is. I mean, that's why well, they do that. I mean, there, and there were not one but two scenes at night in the rain, and it was like, come on, it was you know, like, but um, uh, but but that, that said, I, I mean, I, there I think there were some. If you are a fan, there were some moments that were fun. That were I think the I think in the in the Harley Quinn origin sequence. Did you catch there was a a glimmer of that? Harley dressed in the Harlequin outfit with the yeah, Joker yeah. and the Tux dancing, like that yeah. Alex Ross painting from '98. Do you remember that? Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was cool. That, that was really great. Yeah. That was really great, and also, but also very self-conscious. Well, yeah. Um, well, no, but but that's that's the kind of that's the kind of nod that I that I got excited about, and I and, I, yeah, and nobody else, beautiful. you know, yeah. I mean, but but um, there were three or four things that there were some really beautiful shots. There were yeah. a couple of really beautiful things that happened there. Yeah. But I let's can we? I'm gonna just interrupt myself. And I really got to address, because we've been talking a little bit about the actors, and there I was really, really curious about what Jared Leto was going to do with the Joker. Right. What did you think? Uh, I'm torn. I'm torn. Uh, because I thought, I thought it was absolute garbage. So you, you tell me what, what you're here, torn here's about. The, here's the thing, is that I liked, I didn't mind what he was doing from a acting standpoint. The, yeah, the, ma- the manners, mannerisms, and the way he was behaving. I cannot stand the character design. Yeah, I think it's. Oh. I think. I think it's unbelievably distracting. And and uh, admittedly, it's not what we're used to. And it's another take on the Joker and all stuff like that. But I, I found it difficult, uncomfortable when he was on screen. But I wonder if that's the, the point. Well, I think that's interesting because I felt uncomfortable as well, but I because I, I felt like it was really self-conscious. I felt yes. like he was very aware of what he was doing, you know. And I was really distracted by the teeth thing. Yes, me too. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I kind of like the tattoo on the hand, but I felt like that. Like I thought he was trying to be creepy for creepiness's sake. Now I'm willing to admit, and I'm hoping that the original vision for the movie and the original vision for the Joker was much quote unquote darker than what you saw in this film. It has to be. I don't because I, I mean, for honestly, me, I don't know. For I, me thought, the, I thought, I thought, honestly, I thought I th- we got way more than the Joker than I thought we were going to get. Like going into this, I thought we were only going to see the Joker during the Harley origin sequence. I didn't realize that he was going to keep on being a little nagging going, Hey, let me be in this movie piece. And furthermore, yeah. I found myself being distracted not only by the teeth, but by like the bling, by like the, the, the necklaces and yeah. stuff. I was just like, it just seemed very off like not i mean i guess when you think of a character that that is so legendary as the joker you think of it and i wouldn't have thought of you know go i mean and and i was talking again i was talking about this earlier where it's got to be difficult to follow in the footsteps of heath ledger who took a character that we had preconceived notions about jack nicholson cesar romero whatever we read in the comics and take it in a different direction that we all were like whoa what did you think of that but that was great because he made it his own and he gave it a ambiguity that we had never thought about with the joker previously we're like is he crazy or does he know what he's doing yeah whereas this is just like i don't buy the tattooed gangster angle and that's what it seems that's what it seemed to be doing and it just it, it i just i didn't buy it and that's the i think that's the biggest problem with it um, it's a real tragedy, and yeah. I never felt menace. Yeah. Like there was this one point where I guess a, some guy who owe, is owed a big debt 
and they paid off the debt by just giving the guy to the Joker. Yeah. And I'm like, great. I was like, literally, I was like, oh, good. He's going to eat his face off. Yeah. Like, I thought I was going to get, like, I thought, okay, so this is the moment where Jared Leto and this director guy, they're going to they're gonna shock us and Suicide Squad, oh, my God, they, they've done something so insane with the Joker. And all he does is get really, really close to kissing the guy. Yeah. And that's it. And for me, like, there was so much lead up to it. And, and and it just felt so tired. And yeah. okay, you're laughing, ha 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 ha. You're doing, you're you're phoning it in. And for me, I think you're right, Ron. We've had these other Heath Ledger. We have these other Jokers. So for me, find your eagle and stab people in the heart with it, right? Yeah. But yeah. he didn't even do that. And I need, I need the Joker right now, especially right now. The Joker. The problem with the Joker is the Joker has to make you feel scared. You need to leave going. I, I, that guy, I'm terrified by his chaos. He's right. he's chaotic evil, and like like there was nothing chaotic about him. I would even argue that when he dies back in to save Harley Quinn, like I don't think he would have died back in. I think the real Joker maybe he's eating fucking chicken and a salad, uh, while uh, with a towel waiting for her to climb out of the acid. Maybe that's what he's doing, Jeez. but he doesn't dive in after her, right? Yeah. The guy is evil and chaos incarnate. And by the way, the, uh, there's a whole other angle, but like his relationship, there's such a weird relationship between the two. That was, that was for me, there's two disturbing things in the film other than the gun violence and the sensationalization of it without any consequences was the, the relationship between the Joker and Harley Quinn is at its core, a terrible thing. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Not e- they didn't even dig into that enough. No, yeah, they, really. they, they, they yeah, because it's it's one of the most abusive and just like mind fucky, you know, kind of thing. And like, and they never really, they never really chalked up as to why Harley Quinn falls for the Joker, yes. other than like she fell in love. Talk about a bad workplace romance. Like they just dismiss it, <laughs> and and it just it it it. it it really downplayed what is one of like one of honestly Paul Dini and Bruce Timm's greatest works, you know, is the whole, yes, you know, the whole mad love story and all that sort of stuff. But, and the thing, the thing about it is, is that it, it, you're right, is that we didn't have that sense of menace because it was not the A plot. It was the, it was the C yeah. plot at best. And what I find even more confusing is that, you know, so, so in addition to the Joker, you get in the flashback, you get the Batman, you get Batman fighting okay. the Joker, which, you know, right. f- for a Batman fan, that must be a huge deal. And that was over before you blinked, right? Yep. And then in, in later in the movie, in the, in the mid credit sequence, we see Bruce Wayne more concerned about finding, <laughs> you know, the, um, uh, Amanda Waller's Aquaman. info on the other people than is the Joker alive or not? Like, I thought when I was like, oh, he wants info on Harley and the Joker. Nope. You know, like nope. it, it no. which, oh, yeah. which is a total disconnect as well. Um, but that said, I thought it was neat when the Flash is the one who busted Captain Boomerang. That was as a right, Flash fan. Nice. As a Flash fan, that was a nice little nod and a tie into the greater universe. Uh, I'm looking. I'm just looking for some strain of something to redeem the six dollars I spent on this matinee earlier today. Well, no, look, um, I was grateful. <laughs> I was grateful for the shelter the theater provided me for those couple of hours. The air, con- I, that, the air conditioning I, was it, really top notch. It was really, good. really terrific. Yeah. I had a comfortable seat. <laughs> um, but like, I uh, I was really curious. Oh, it was I interesting see. to see them. There, there was, talk about, okay, look, can't we just talk about my favorite possible thing? It's as if they had made the film and they realized, oh, we don't have that one sequence that all the Marvel movies seem to have where all the action stops and they all hang out for a little bit. 
Yeah. And they talk about stuff. See? I think I think they're, so they're, they're way too they're way too conscious of what other people have liked in other movies and tried to uh, uh, try to oh, accommodate that. Totally, also, the totally. the other, the other problem the other problem I have is um, uh, way too much. Like I haven't seen a movie rely on popular music like this in oh. a long time. Like like it was just a barrage of iconic anthemic songs to make you feel a certain way because the scene isn't making you feel that way and it was just like oh, yeah. and it just like was emotionally manipulative and just really just uh, I don't know and like and the thing was that we've seen nine trailers about this movie and there's stuff Dude. in the trailers that weren't in the movie like I, I found myself yeah. knowing about the movie going into it and because we saw it in the trailer the scene where they go into the bar I'm like alright that's gonna be a fun scene that scene was that, all the fun taken out of it the stuff that was in the trailer yeah. is not in the trailer like Harley Potter Pouring the drinks and all stuff like that, not not in the movie. Ba- just yeah, and when he says when he says he does water, he's not drinking, and she says good move or whatever. I kept waiting for that line because that was actually a really nice beat. That entire scene for me, it, it for me that seems like uh, it must have been what it was like when they took lunch during yeah. filming, <laughs> where they're just like, oh god damn it. Yeah. And at one point, so they're but they're it's literally Ron. It's happening in the middle of when they're trying to do the thing. That it's, yep. it's in the middle of the mission, and they're all like, "Let's get a drink," and then Flag says, "You know what? You're all free to go." And yeah. you, dude, you can't. You can't free oh, the. My fa- my favorite my favorite part was the was the my favorite part was the little the app that they had to trigger their the bombs oh. in their necks to blow them all had all had little headshots and after they had after they had killed Slipknot did you notice that his headshot turned into an icon of just a neck that was like burned off like they actually had a blown up head uh, avatar for him like it was like oh, oh my god like you're gonna follow that level of detail on this stupid plot point uh, uh, but um, oh my god it, yeah I, it, it's, it, it was it was baffling and like and, and the fact that the, that okay, so they so this enchantress disappears, starts the right, swir- sw- starts the swirling cloud of death. They're gonna go in, and you think that the mission is to take her out. No, the mission is to get Amanda Waller to safety. Like it, w- which flies in the face of all the bullshit that Amanda Waller gave to the Security Council and all the stuff earlier about this is about defending and defending the country and and, and you know oh, yeah. and, and being prepared against these metahumans. And at the end of the day, it's just like I, I like and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll, and also, let's talk about uh, there's two there's two scenes that really interested me. For one was like I thought one of the most evil people was actually the gu- Harley Quinn's guard, yeah, uh, who was truly evil, right? Yep. And we never see we never see the Joker take him out, which I yeah. thought we would see, or her take her him out. Like that guy was clearly hyper super abusive to him. Like like yeah. and there's a lot of that guy never. That, yeah, there was that, that was left that, not, like that guy never got what was that coming guy, to him. Yeah, that so. not get, And then you have Viola Davis when they're clearing out the computers for some reason. Yep. kills all of her fellow coworkers. And yeah. when that happened, I'm like, fuck this movie. Yes, like yep. that. Like there was no value in that, and I already get we were already there was, but like maybe I was shocked, Ron, because all of the other dead bodies had just been CG characters. Yeah. But like that seemed so out of character and so jarring. Just again, just to be jarring. Yeah. Self conscious again. Like I'm like that doesn't. You know what? That's not even shocking. That's just irritating. Dude. Yeah, you're just that now was, you're just, that was now really you're just dis- assaulting that, that, us. Yeah, that was really disturbing, actually, because it was like, and she like dismisses it like they didn't have clearance for this, and it's like, uh, uh, yeah, wow. that was rough. Oh, well, so so hard. All right, Mike. Before we wrap up, I got two things that just annoyed the hell out of me. Just two. Okay. Just just two. Well, well, one, um, <laughs> and this is something in film, and I don't know the term for it, but um, when the big anonymous lightning swirling cloud weapon started attacking. 
right? Right, right. There was a shot of a lightning bolt hitting, like, locations, and there was a shot of a lightning bolt hitting an aircraft carrier and cutting it in two. And then it immediately cut to the secret military base where on the screen they had the same shot we just saw of the aircraft carrier getting cut in two by the lightning bolts. I want to know, where is the camera that they're looking at from? (laughs) Right? um, Because if the aircraft carrier is out in the water, do they have another boat in the water with a camera on the aircraft carrier? Yeah, they were taking some pictures. They just happened to? That is is a term in film, though. That is something where... where, And and it goes back to what I... That is lame. About the lazy filmmaking. They're watching it. Yeah, that... that that is astoundingly bad. Right. That, and that, I, I wish I could. If someone knows what if someone knows what that term is, let us know on Twitter. But it's a term when, like, when on the big screens of Doom, you're looking at the same right. camera that we're seeing as the film camera. And I just think that's lazy. Anyway. I think it's called yeah, lazy or sloppy yeah, or just right. pathetic. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, yeah. so then and, the the, <laughs> the last thing, which is the most egregious, and regular listeners of of our regular podcast will uh, will get this, but um, I counted not one. Not two, but three instances of I got this. Oh, I totally, I totally forgot. I lost count. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah, they, I got they, this. They, 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 and, and it was it was two I got thises and one we got this, which oh. just, <laughs> which as we all know, I got this is the is the trope of comic books uh, that is killing the industry today. Uh, and of course, it would make it into this movie three times. So. Well, you know, three. It, it's it's three times better. It's like it, they come in threes. They got these. Yeah, that, that's annoying. Right. Boy, it just keeps. It's a gift that keeps on giving. This movie. Ugh. So so clearly, you and I are both in the camp, along with the rest of the critical world, who say that this movie is is gar- but more garbage from DC. That said, what I'll tell you is, I attempted to go see it Friday. Uh, fr- I was, I'm in New York City. I attempted to go see it Friday. I'm like, I can, I'll go to a five o'clock movie. I'll go before everything's up. I get to the theater. And every showing is sold out until nine o'clock. So, right. so clearly it's resonating with somebody, right? I'm looking at well, Rotten, I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes, and while the critics have got twenty six percent, you know, the, the critics rating is twenty six percent, the audience rating is at seventy three percent. All right, and wow. now I'm looking at Box Office Mojo, and uh, it looks as if uh, it's taking one hundred thirty five point one million for the weekend, which beats Guardian of the Galaxy's ninety four point three million in twenty fourteen. So this is now the highest grossing movie August release movie ever. So it, it now either a lot of people went to the movie theater and are disappointed, or it's resonating with somebody. I I just don't see how the word of mouth. Is going to carry this film. Yeah, but you just see what that, next week, uh, what I, next week, what the drop looks like. Yeah, I think I saw a headline saying where there was a some a cha- a theater chain in uh, Mexico that was already dropping it from theaters. Yeah. Um, I mean, I saw it. It was a it was a crowded. It was a packed house, but but by the end of it, people were laughing out loud. There was that one sequence where where <laughs> the enchantress demon thing is giving says oh i know what you guys really want and will smith wanted to be with his daughter uh harley quinn wanted to have a normal family life with the joker uh el diablo wanted to hang out with his family or no no he was whatever it was and then uh you have the diablo guy going it's not real and then they they were just standing there like it was like it was like a it was like a super friends plot twist like it's not real and that's when people started laughing and like they actually couldn't believe what was going on but you know at the end of the day it it had a lot 
of action sequences, and that was the other thing. The, these were action sequences. This felt like a video game. To yep. me, this was a video game where you got to kill the big boss at the end of it, and there are cut scenes in between yep. the fighting sequences. Yep. And you have the little character moments, such as they were, or the origin stories, uh, as cut scenes in between crazy-ass action scenes. And maybe that's just what people... Uh, were signed up for, and maybe that's what they got, and, and, and that is what they got, and maybe they enjoyed it. But for me, I, I was like, oh, well, the video game is going to be pretty easy to play. I already know all yeah. the levels, yeah. right? And maybe I were just, maybe my expectations were, my expectations, I will admit, were very low. I did feel like I saw the trailer about 17 times. Oh, yeah, there was there so, so, I, ma so many trailers of this, and it was just so, I don't know. I, I mean, at the end of the day, I think this this is suffering from the same problems that Batman v Superman suffered in that it's attempting to apply a filter of darkness and grittiness and all this sort of stuff to the DC universe but that personally I believe should be a bit brighter and a bit more and that's more personal that's more personal I understand but that said again you know it's it, you know a lot of people a lot of people like Batman v Superman a lot of people I bet you a lot of people are gonna like this I'm I'm poking around online I see people saying I liked it I liked it you know that I see well, people who know what they're talking about saying it's it's garbage like we're saying so I mean I, I think you know personally I think we know kind of what we're talking about but um my my, um, my only thing is that I, I do feel like this was and this is my final point really is that this was dc's chance to go okay you know what everybody accuses us of being dark we're gonna make a film that's about killers and people who are like locked up for life they're gonna do something that's gonna end up being good but yeah. instead they said you know what all of these killers and these crazy people who murder people and do all this stuff they actually they're just misunderstood you know they just really want to be loved they you know he's a good dad at the end of the day so that's really important at one point will smith is saying something something yo because because we're because i'm evil yeah all right you know what no bad guy no admits bad it, guy admits to it yeah. admit with whatever call what their life's work as evil Maybe I'm a bad guy. You don't want to mess with me. I'm a bad dude. But no one would ever say I am an evil person. And and like I get it. Maybe they were just trying. This is their. What this is DC was going to do. This is going to be their Deadpool. Yeah. Where they can. Where they would be able to have a romp that would stick with you. That would would make you ask questions about what heroism really is. And at the end of the day, they tried to make it a comedy at the end of every serious sequence. And they tried to give you crazy, violent action sequences that were undercut by CG character violence, yep. right? So they, it's like they, they got to the edge of the deep end of the pool, and then they just... They they backed up and decided just to wade into the wade into yeah, it it's just, it's just, using it's just, the lap. It's more fumble, fumbling on DC Entertainment, and it's just it's just sad. And and the thing is, and and I know that they're 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 trying to build up as much as they can on the shoulders of Ben Affleck as as our new Batman, and and that's right. what we got from the mid credit teaser that it's you know kind of leading the way yeah. into Justice League. Although Justice League is not the next DC movie, the next DC movie will be Wonder Woman uh, next summer. Uh, which you know, after seeing the the trailer after Comic Con, the World War One period piece, I'm actually pretty excited about that. Um, so I, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that the the damage the damage was already done too late to save this, and that DC course corrects moving forward on the next the, the next batch of movies. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, so at the end of the day, Suicide Squad, more uh, my opinion, more garbage. I I gotta give it a I give it a D plus. 
Yeah, I'm going to give it a D minus because I had a really good dinner before it. And <laughs> right, if enough. I if I wasn't going to go see the film, I would have had that dinner. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. All right, so uh, if you saw Suicide Squad and you agree with us or disagree with us, uh, go over to ifanboy.com. Uh, you can comment on this post, on the post for the show, and you can tell us what you think of the movie. <laughs> um, we're going to take a bit of a hiatus on the movies, and we're going to reconvene in November for uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as Doctor Strange. So. Oh, that should be fun. Aren't you looking? I mean, I am, isn't looking, that, I am looking forward to that one. I, yeah. let, let's, let's, let's just let's take a break from. That's going to be fun to look at. Yeah, it should I be. Think. It should be interesting if it, if it's not too Inception-y. But we'll see. Um, so oh, yeah, yeah that, actually, that that, that, tra- that trailer played before this movie, um, and that guy, I found my. I was like, ooh, seeing it on the big screen. I hadn't seen the new trailer up on the big screen. I'm like, all right, that's going to be pretty oh, cool. Yeah. yeah so. we, we had we had we had Dunkirk, which like. Oh, I saw Dun- out. I saw Dunkirk as well too. That trailer is really good. Yeah. yeah but so. Yep, great. All right. Well, all right. I, I can't wait until Connor uh, resurfaces from his uh, <laughs> his his, yeah. his escape and to hear what he thinks of this. Uh, but uh, yeah. y- you know, we'll, we'll probably we'll probably visit, revisit that on the regular iFanboy podcast. So, Mike, Absolutely. thanks for joining us this this time around. I'm Thank sorry. You, Ron. I'm sorry yeah, you had to deal good. with it. No. You know, so I ended up I ended up getting so worked up. I ended up uh, taking my shirt off in addition to my shoes and socks. It's Jesus. A, I don't wow, know. I, I I don't know. This really burned me up. You know. Yeah. I'm like Del Diablo. Yeah. I'm El Diablo inside. (laughs) All right. So until (laughs) until next time, I'm I'm Ron. (laughs) I'm I'm Diablo Mike. (laughs) 